You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. Christmas is a favourite time of the year for travel. It's an Australian tradition that we all like to go somewhere for Christmas. It's a time when the airlines get busy. Flight prices soar over the peak holiday season. And there's next to no chance of getting a cheap flight home near Christmas or New Year. One of the hopes that we've shared together as Australians during this year's COVID lockdowns and border closures has been that Australians would be able to fly home for Christmas to their families. In recent weeks, we've seen emotional reunions at airports right across Australia as interstate families have come home for Christmas for the first time all year. And many grandparents have seen their grandchildren for the first time this year since the interstate birth of a a grandchild many months ago. And apart from the airlines, Christmas is also a time when the roads get busy. Traffic on the roads can be chaotic, especially on Christmas Day as families jump in their cars and head off to their family gatherings. And then on Boxing Day, the roads to the Victorian beachside holiday hotspots become jammed with traffic, much to the annoyance of the locals whose peaceful seaside existence is turned upside down for the summer months. State borders and regional Victoria being open this year for Christmas reveal how much Christmas travel means to Australians. And with Christmas just a few days away, this morning I want to ask you a question. Where are you heading this year for Christmas? But this is not just a question about your travel plans. This is a question about your life. Where are you heading this Christmas? Are you going the right way and have you chosen the right destination? To help consider this question this morning, I want to examine a Christian a Christmas journey that some wise men took many years ago. It's a journey recorded in the Bible in the first book of the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew. Now Matthew was a, a devout Jew and he was waiting for God to fulfill his promises that he'd given through the Old Testament prophets. Promises that God had made long ago to fix everything that was broken in the world. Broken people like you and me and a broken creation like we see today. So let's read this story of a few wise men and their Christmas journey in the Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah 
was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for this child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Matthew tells us that Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. Now, Bethlehem is a small town just nine kilometres south of Jerusalem, about the same distance from Chum Creek to Badger Creek. Jump on your donkey or stretch your legs and you could be there in a few hours, just under half a day. And the ruler of the day was King Herod, Herod I, also called Herod the Great. Now, for centuries, Jerusalem had been a battleground between rival empires from the east and from the west. Babylonians, Persians, Greeks and Parthians all had their time ruling Jerusalem. But in 63 BC, the Roman general Pompey captured Jerusalem and Judea, came under control of the Roman Empire. And after 26 years of local state politics and political manoeuvring, the Roman Senate appointed Herod I as king of Judea. And Herod reigned from 37 BC until his death in 4 BC, just after the birth of Jesus. And after he died, his kingdom was divided amongst four of his children. And one of these was Herod Antipas, the Tetrarch of Galilee, at the time of Jesus' trial and crucifixion. So Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, a few hours' walk south of Jerusalem, around 4 BC, a time when the Roman Empire had seized control and appointed Herod I as king. And now out of the east comes this envoy of travellers making a Christmas journey to Jerusalem, seeking out the one whom they say is born to be king of the Jews. And they start asking around, where is the one born to be king of the Jews? We've seen his star and we've come to worship him. And so the streets and the laneways are abuzz as news spreads of yet another king. All of Jerusalem is disturbed by the thought of another change in rule. And these corridor whispers get back to King Herod, and he too is disturbed. No wonder 
Herod had campaigned long and hard to seize control of his little kingdom. And he wasn't about to give it up without a fight. Does this sound a bit familiar? Sounds just like our state and federal political leaders when a leadership challenge is made. Late night phone calls, secret corridor conversations. Who's behind all of this? Do I still have the numbers to hold power? Who's loyal and who's got a dagger in my back? And no doubt Herod had these thoughts and questions as this envoy of Magi made their journey from the east, their Christmas journey to Jerusalem and sought the one who was born to be king of the Jews. Just who do these Magi think they are? I'm the king around here, Herod might have asked himself. Well, let's answer that question for Herod. Just who were these Magi from the east? Well, Magi were wise men. They were leading men, learned men, who served the dual roles of priesthood and governance of the Persian and the subsequent Parthian Empire of the East, which were situated around modern-day Iran. And Magi were advisors to the king. In fact, Magi were responsible for choosing and deposing the kings of the empire. The Persian King Cyrus had placed the Old Testament Daniel in charge of the Persian Magi over 500 years before Jesus was born. But then the Greeks under Alexander the Great conquered Persia around 330 BC. But about 130 years later, around 200 BC, the people around the region of modern-day Iran regained power and formed the Parthian Empire. And now at the time that Jesus was born, the Parthian Empire of the East was in conflict with the Roman Empire of the West. And Palestine and Judea had been a site of border skirmishes for over 70 years as each empire tried to wrest control of the territory from the other. Now the Parthian king at the time of Jesus' birth was King Phraates IV. But he was an ageing and an unpopular king. And a time of change was in the air. A new king was sought to make the empire great again. And these magi were probably involved in the political manoeuvring required to choose his successor. But where would the magi start their search for a new king? Well, the Persians had long been favourably disposed toward the Jews. Many of the Persian nobles had been Jews themselves. In fact, Esther, the Jew, had married King Artaxerxes and become queen of Persia. And the Persian King Cyrus had issued a decree for the Jews to rebuild Jerusalem and to restore their own civil government and self-rule. And the Persian and Parthian Magi were also well acquainted with the writings and the prophecies of Daniel, who had been chief of the Magians. In particular, Daniel had prophesied a future 
divinely appointed king of the Jews who would become a world ruler. And so it was only natural. It made good sense for the Magi to seek out this Jew and place him on the Parthian throne as their king also. Success against the Roman Empire would be guaranteed with God's help. And it was in this context that these Parthian Magi from the east, most likely accompanied with a military garrison for their protection, came to Jerusalem to seek the one who was born to be king of the Jews. And the Magi would have also studied the prophecies that God had given to Daniel, the chief of the Magians. Prophecies that actually gave a timeline for the appearance of this great future divinely appointed king. And we can read about this prophecy in the Old Testament book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse 25, and we'll read that now. Know and understand this. From the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler, comes, there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. King Cyrus, the Persian king, issued his decree to rebuild Jerusalem and to restore its government and rule to the Jews in 457 BC. And the initial rebuilding of the city took seven sevens, that's 49 years. And a further 62 sevens, or 434 years, gives a total of 483 years until God's anointed ruler and king would appear on the world stage. That's around 26 AD, the year that Jesus is believed to have been baptised by John the Baptist at the beginning of his ministry at the age of 30. So the Magi would have known that God's anointed ruler would have had to have been born about 30 years or more before that, around 4 BC or a bit before. Now the Magi were also astrologers who studied the heavens, the heavenly bodies, and they knew that God could give signs in the heavens to indicate special times or, or special seasons. And the Magi, these learned, wise philosophers and astrologers, would have also been familiar with the Old Testament prophecy of Balaam in Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, early in the Old Testament scriptures. And in Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, we read this prophecy of Balaam. I see him now. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Judah. A scepter will rise out of Israel. The Magi must have seen a special star around about 4 BC, which drew their attention. And then they coupled it with Daniel's 69 sevens, or 483 years, from King Cyrus' proclamation. They put two and two together, and they headed off to Jerusalem to find this divinely appointed king. And King Herod, upon hearing of the Magi seeking a newborn king, brought the Jewish leaders together and asked where this king was to be born. The chief priests and the teachers of the law informed Herod that the divine ruler would be 
born in Bethlehem, according to another prophecy in the Old Testament, the prophet Micah, chapter 5 and verse 2. And we read, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So King Herod then devises a plan to secure his own kingdom. Herod secretly meets the Magi to determine the exact time that special star had appeared. And Herod instructs the Magi to go to Bethlehem, find this child and then report back to him so Herod could worship him. Really? Worship him? I don't think so. More accurately, so Herod could murder him. That was how you dealt with threats to your throne in those days. You murder any rivals to the throne. And as we know in some countries today, that is still how some leaders deal with threats to their power and rule. So the Magi then follow the star of Bethlehem and the home of Jesus. And there they worship him and present him with gifts fit for a king, gold, frankincense and myrrh. And finally, in the providence of God, the messianic prophecy of the kingdom was not then fulfilled at that time. The Magi, being warned in a dream, a type of communication which was most acceptable to them, departed to their own country with empty hands. Within two years, Phratases, the parasite son of Phratis IV, was duly installed by the Magi as the new ruler of Parthia. And the rest, as they say, is history. What an incredible Christmas journey for these Magi, these wise men, philosophers and astrologers of the East. I want to suggest four lessons that we can learn from these Magi to help our journey this Christmas. And the first lesson is this. The Magi were looking for God's appointed king. They were not only looking for God's appointed king, but they travelled far to find him. They went out of their comfort zone. In fact, they travelled over 2,000 kilometres across hot deserts, a journey that would have taken them many weeks. What about you this Christmas? Are you looking and searching to find God's appointed king? Maybe you don't even know that God has appointed a king for his kingdom. Well, what lengths are you willing to go to find him? Maybe you have to get out of your comfort zone just like the Magi, if you're going to find God's appointed king this Christmas. Maybe you need to go on a journey and a road that you've never walked before. Maybe you need to do something new, something out of your comfort zone. Maybe you need to pray to God for the very first time in your life and ask him to show you the way to find his king, Jesus. What star will God give you to show the way to find Jesus. Maybe that star for you is the Bible. Maybe you need to open the pages of the Bible and read this story. 
Maybe you need to ask a Christian friend more about Jesus. Maybe you need to engage with a local Christian church who will help you get to know Jesus. Whatever it is for you, the message is simple. Make sure you search out God's appointed king this Christmas. The second lesson we can learn from these magi is that they followed the signs God had given to find the king. God had left clues to find his king. The truth is that God wants his king, Jesus, to be found, not just by the Magi, but by every one of us. God gave signs in the prophecies of the Old Testament, and God gave signs in the heavens above. We heard about the prophecies of Balaam, Daniel, and Micah. And we also heard that, about that special star that guided the way for the Magi from the east to come to Jerusalem and Bethlehem, to show them the way to Jesus. What signs has God given you to lead you to his king, to Jesus? Maybe it's a coincidental phone call you received that gave witness to God. Maybe it's a book you read or a testimony of a friend. Or maybe it's in a prayer that was answered by God. Maybe God has given you a dream that confirms the kingship of Jesus and the truth of his claims to be the son of God and the saviour of all mankind. Whatever signs God has given you, make sure you are wise and follow them. Those signs will take you to God's appointed king, to Jesus. The third lesson we can learn from the Magi is that they found God's king, Jesus, just where God had said. And they worshipped him and gave him treasures fit for a king. The Magi were overjoyed to have found their king. And they gave Jesus gifts fit for a king, gold, frankincense and myrrh. One thing you can also be sure of is this, that you will find God's anointed king, Jesus, just where God says he will be. But you don't have to go to Bethlehem this Christmas. You don't even have to go to church to find Jesus. You'll find God's King, Jesus Christ, waiting and knocking at the door to your heart, just where God has promised he will be. And all you have to do is answer the door to your heart and let him in. After his death, resurrection and ascension to heaven, King Jesus appeared in a vision many years later to the Apostle John and gave him this promise recorded in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelations, chapter 3, verse 20. And these are the words that Jesus said to the Apostle John and it's the words that he says to you and to me and to all of humanity, all of mankind. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person or have fellowship with that person and they with me. Do you hear King Jesus knocking on the door of your heart today? Will you open the door of your heart to Jesus, King Jesus, 
this morning. If you open your heart to Jesus, you will find him and be full of joy, just like the Magi. Just like the Magi, you too will desire to bring a gift fit for the King of Heaven. You will desire to give him your treasure. And, but what treasure could you bring King Jesus, who the Bible says is the creator of the whole universe? What could you bring Jesus, King Jesus, that could possibly make him better off? What gift or treasure does King Jesus want or need from you? The treasure King Jesus wants is your heart. King Jesus wants you to find him, to be filled with joy in knowing him, and for you to offer him the treasure of your heart, your love. The fourth and last lesson we can learn from the Magi this morning is that they obeyed God when God spoke to them through their dream. The Magi didn't go back to King Herod, but returned home another way. This saved Jesus' life as it gave Mary and Joseph time to flee to Egypt, far away from the treacherous and murderous plans of King Herod. When God speaks to you this Christmas, will you obey him too? Perhaps God is telling you to put your trust in King Jesus today. Maybe not in audible words, although that's possible, as it was for Saul on the road to Damascus. But more often, God speaks through his spirit, his Holy Spirit, giving you a prompt in your spirit, in your heart, deep down inside. What do you sense in your spirit today? Is God telling you something today? If so, then be wise like the Magi, the wise men from the East, and obey God's voice today. It will be the voice that saves you this Christmas. Where are you heading for Christmas this year? Are you looking for God's appointed king? Are you following the signs that God has given you to find him? Will you open the door of your heart to King Jesus and give him the treasure of your love? Will you obey what God is saying to you this Christmas? Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we just give you thanks that you have revealed the way to find salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ, who you have appointed King of everything for all eternity. God, we pray that you will help us to seek him out this Christmas, to follow the signs that you've given, to open the door to our heart and let him in so that we could have relationship and fellowship with you. Help us to obey your voice this Christmas. Speak clearly to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.